Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Hormone Health podcast with Clean Marine. To mark International Women's Day in 2021, I'm recording two more episodes to cover two subjects that have become increasingly apparent over the past year. They are the effect of hormone health on our physical health and the effect of hormone health on our mindset. These episodes are for both men and women of all ages, but in particular, we're going to focus on people in their teens, 20s and 30s. Today in this episode, I'm honoured to have my friend and consultant, endocrinologist, Dr. Mary Ryan, back with me. We are going to focus on hormone health and its effect on our physical health in our most fertile years, so below 40. Dr. Ryan practices at Barrington's Bon Secure Hospital in Limerick, Ought Even Hospital in Kilkenny, and is a senior lecturer at UL. She is also passionate about educating us on our hormone health and empowering men and women to understand and take control of their health through positive choices. Mary, it's so lovely to have you here with lovely us again. Lovely to be back with you, Lorraine, as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Mary. We are learning more about our hormone health and how our hormones affect our entire bodily function all the time and I feel that in our last podcast we covered a lot to do with perimenopause and menopause mm-hmm. so this time I'd really like to talk to you about what teenagers and young people are going through you know into their 20s and 30s and I suppose know what they should be doing to mm-hmm. live their best life. So, so the big thing for fertility is is that first of all we know what's normal. I find a lot of patients come in, I saw one yesterday where they come in but they don't actually realise that pe- periods start usually at 12, sometimes at 11 but in actual fact it's okay if they don't start at 16. So while the majority start at 11 and 12 you can get some that don't girls that don't start their periods till 16 so it's very important to know what's normal because otherwise I had a girl in yesterday who you know hadn't puberty but all her hormones were fine pituitary function was fine and therefore I was able to reassure her but I want everyone to know that before they have to come to me so each person is unique really absolutely and while the the norm is around 11 and 12 usually 12 it can happen any time up to the age of 16 so what happens then is that the hormone control centre which is on top of our nose that begins to be active at those years and there's two hormones FSH I don't want to get too technical but there's a hormone called FSH that pushes the ovaries to produce eggs pushes the lining of the womb and that's what eventually we shed when we get the period after 28 days and it also pushes other estrogen receptors in the body in particular the breast which is why during ovulation and during your period you can have very tender breasts okay Okay. so for women they initially when girls have their periods 11 12 or whatever age up to 16 they're quite irregular for the first year and the reason for that is the body takes a while to get that circadian rhythm going in the pituitary gland so that's normal right but then they go to every 28 days usually uh, that you, you get your period and the norm is three to four days any more than that is too long and I see all of the time women with five six days periods seven days periods that's indicating a hormone imbalance and those women are going to go on to have overstimulation of the lining of the womb and they're going to get a thing called endometriosis which will affect fertility down the road so it's very important to know what's normal. Yes. And it's important for parents to know and girls to know because you can intervene in time and yes. prevent problems down the road. And to know symptoms and to spot the signs as well. Exactly. I mean, with teens, and you know, I have two of them. Mm. Um, and for my entire teenage life, you know, you're talking about having periods that last mm. three to four days and that's normal. 
you know, I never had that. Yes. And yes. nobody ever told me, told me yeah, that absolutely. that meant that my hormones mm. were imbalanced. Mm -hmm. um, what else should we be looking out for? What are the other signs? So basically the length of the period is the big thing. The other thing, Lorraine, and you, you, you mentioned, and we're all about empowering women, the two of us and mm -hmm. men, but we're talking about women just now. And the thing is that, you know, dreadful, painful periods. Yes, cramps are usual, but dreadful pain where you're bending over. And when we were young, we remember girls in our class being sent home with the hot water bottle. Yes. And that, you know, was because there was an ignorance then about what was normal. But if they're dreadful pain, it's indicating a hormone imbalance and that needs to be rectified. It means there's way too much stimulation of the lining of the womb. There is a hormone imbalance and that needs to be rectified. And it, there's no problem rectifying it, but it's all about getting in in time to protect damage in the future. Because if you have hormone imbalance and over secretion uh, of hormones that's leading to the lining of the womb being not only in the womb, but outside of the womb, a condition called endometriosis, that causes adhesions in the fallopian tubes of the womb. And that actually affects fertility down the road and also causes dreadful pain. So yes, you get pain mid-cycle, yes. dreadful as well as before the period and during. So I suppose it's to say cramps is normal. You know, we, we all have them, but that's usually on the first day. The next two days are actually quite light. So the first day is the heaviest and the next two days tend to light and everything trails off. But if it's particularly heavy where you had an excess amount of tampons, then or, or um, the pads, towels, yeah. exactly, then, uh, you know, you need to present yourself to the GP where they will intervene. That is so important. You hear of, of young women, you know, fainting during their period Absolutely. And, and being nauseous and not being totally. able to eat. And if that goes on for long enough not only is it going to cause endometriosis but also the hormone control center gets very tired and those women often hormones remember control the immune system so those women not only present with fatigue but they're susceptible to pick up things like glandular fever um, which is very prevalent among the young teenage population but they're more susceptible to developing the chronic form and a post viral syndrome where they're fatigued for years so th th these are things we need to, to watch out for and just to, to let the public know and parents and girls know what's normal. That's really important. And what are the natural things that we should know and we could be doing for ourselves? I mean, how important is our diet, nutrition during so our teens? Diet is very important. So in order to, to get the maximum out of the hormone control centre, you have to do the basics right. So what are the basics? So the basics is eat healthily, right? That means three good meals a day and avoid excess sugar. Now, sugar, you know, a treat, twice a week is fine but anything in excess no because the hormone control centre does not work well with excess sugar and also it tires us out so that's number one number two get plenty of the coloured vegetables we always say the colours of the rainbow because yeah. you have all your vitamins and your minerals so you know most people would have a, a nice cereal like porridge in the morning and um, then you have your salad plate with your lettuce your tomatoes your peppers and you have your salmon or your chicken and then in the evening then you have your green veg so less root veg because it's full of sugar more of the greens and then you have your meat or fish and then you have your quarter plate of your carb which is your potato your rice or your pasta and th that that's what we we tell people just a good healthy diet be well hydrated and the second thing we tell people is to make sure they get their sleep so eight hours sleep is what we want <coughs> excuse me eight hours sleep is what we want because again the hormone control center works best if it's well rested right so we want people to 
to be getting to bed in the dark hours because remember we work you know the hormone control centre needs light it's like photosynthesis in plants so we ideally want people to be going to bed at 11 getting up at 7 and then they've got maximum light like we have today Lorraine right and that's what you know serotonin the happy hormone there's more of it produced in that so they're the two basics the the sleep and also the diet has to be right now the big trouble with uh, a lot of teenagers is that they're they're busy and I was going to say would you come and visit (coughs) me please Mary and tell my children to go to bed when they should and eat the the foods that they they should because again because of their hectic lifestyles and, and it's just being an adolescent you know totally totally it's hard to and, and one thing I want to just all the time yeah totally and I've got a little teenager 13 years of age as well and I just notice girls in particular are very body conscious and more so because of social media and oftentimes skipping meals and that causes a problem because you see if you lose too much weight around the ovaries the body always protects itself and your body will your pituitary gland will immediately intervene and stop ovulating so so that's something we, we have to really really My get goodness. across that mm. you know we want healthy eating we want you to look you know just look lovely and healthy we certainly want the ideal body weight so I just want to get that across because I see so many girls that come into me periods are gone and they're really worried then is it going to affect fertility down the road how you prevent that is just healthy balanced diet and don't be losing excess weight and don't over exercising is exactly. a huge thing exactly yeah. and all because you, you're following a, a social media person who's probably photographing themselves and, and not looking at as as thin as that in real life and filtered within an inch of our lives yes we all know the I but love the filters. Absolutely. But the <laughs> vitamins that we, we should be getting and often because we're so busy, Lorraine, uh, we don't get it. And kids they have a lot going on with, with exams and f- activity and so forth. B- vitamin B6 contributes to the regulation of hormonal activity. So that's a very important vitamin. Vitamin B2 helps to reduce fatigue. So we want that uh, pituitary gland, the hormone control, so that we want it well rested, well recharged. So the vitamin B2 helps there. It also helps to the importance of normal skin. Again, when you have hormonal activity, you're going to have a little bit of imbalance of oestrogen and testosterone hormonal breakouts exactly and mm. acne so that's really important that the vitamin B2 is there and vitamin D3 then is the sunshine hormone in Ireland we're deficient in that obviously yes and um, that's very good for normal bones normal muscles and also for um, for your you know pituitary gland it's really important and for the immune system so if it is a thing that you're listening and you feel that your daughter is not getting that for all sorts of reasons because they're finicky with their diet or which is the most common thing actually mm-hmm. or that they're just too busy with, with schoolwork and everything then do get them a supplement and I particularly like Clean Marine for women uh, for that reason what, one of the reasons I got behind this was that I had patients coming into me with bags of tablets 18 tablets in total right and they were spending 100 euros and it was ridiculous and they were probably getting too much or too little so I, I always like to have where there's just the right amount Great. and so that's the, one of the reasons that I, I got behind this and it this. is a bit of a minefield I there because you know it's hard to know which ones we should be taking and as you say you know not overtaking where you're actually wasting it absolutely yeah over supplementation Mm. is one thing we don't want so that's what I liked about the clean marine for women product for for the women from 15 to to 40 and if I might just say you know a lot of my my fertility things the women are coming in from 40 to 45 so you know you can have children up to up to that age as well and there's a lot that are heavily pregnant at this time probably listening to us and um, good for them just to tell them that yes Mm -hmm. but but the ideal um 
thing is that if you feel that the, your daughter is not getting the proper diet, then do put them on this clean for me for women. It's not going to do them any harm. And, and it's essential that they have those vitamins in them for, for to help hormonal function. And, and we know health. anyway that with our food, the journey that it takes before it lands on our plate. Yes, absolutely. A lot of the goodness is, is lost, unfortunately, Pl- nowadays. Plus so. absorption is affected by if you're stressed, if you're, you know, rushing, you're not giving time to digest it because we are supposed to chew for a bit before it, it passes down into the stomach. So all of that's very important. But young adolescents don't realize that a lot of the time. They don't have the time. They're rushing out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're worried, uh, then there's, you know, you've got to use the supplement mm-hmm. in addition to the healthy diet. I have teenage nephews and my friends have teenage sons for boys and young men. What should they be aware of? So very, I'm so happy, Lorraine, that we're focusing on boys as well, because I don't want to leave them out. I have two young sons myself, and it's really important that boys are aware that they also play a part. Because in fertility clinics, I insist on seeing the man as well as the woman, because for years in Ireland and, and in Europe and throughout the world, we focused only on the woman. And that was very unfair on the woman because she was put through invasive of procedures for you know like uh, doing a laparoscopy when the first thing should have been to check the man's semen function to check that his sperm motility were, was normal and that the morphology was normal and that wasn't done and has only happened actually in the last few years which which is, out- unbelievable. is when you think about it absolutely, in hindsight yeah, absolutely. what were we thinking or so, not thinking exactly so it's so important that as a young boy a young man that you, you first of all you know that in order to have proper sperm function and good motility you your diet has to be right. You have to do all the same thing that we said for the for the young girls. You have to have a good, healthy, balanced diet. You've got to get your eight hours sleep because remember, the two hormones that work for women, the FSH and LH, they work for men too, except in a different way. So the FSH in the pituitary gland stimulates the, the testes to produce sperm and the LH also nourishes those, those uh, um, sperm and the sacs as well. Tell us what FSH and LH so are again. FSH is your follicular, follicular stimulation hormone and Mm. LH is luteinizing hormone. So these hormones are also uh, very prevalent in the male and very important to um, promote sperm production and motility. So if you have a good balanced diet, if you get your good sleep and if you get proper exercise. So I don't want overactivity. There's a lot of teenagers out there and they're doing excess workouts. Working out in the gym. Absolutely. Training for football or rugby. And they're overdoing it. It's wonderful to see a balanced but everything has to be balanced. But if they're overdoing it, the usually line gets tired, hormones then get imbalanced and then there's problems. So we don't want that. There's also a lot of people taking excess protein. I don't, I'm not for that. I, I'm terrified of that. Mm-hmm. I, if you want good protein, you eat your meat and your green veg and your chicken. But, you know, taking powder and you don't know where it's from, I, I dread that. So I'm not, I'm not for that. So try and keep it as, as normal and as organic as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So, so as I said, diet, sleep and also normal, a, a good aerobic activity but then uh, the the again the diet you know you mightn't be getting all the supplements in for all sorts of reasons so Lorraine the the what I really want people to have in the diet young men are vitamin b1 because that contributes to normal energy metabolism zinc contributes to the maintenance of normal testosterone and testosterone is the male hormone so that's what deepens the voice that's what gives the the hair now remember it's in men and women by the way but yeah. very sm- low amounts in, in young girls but obviously 
much higher in, in men. So testosterone is the male hormone and that's the hair growth, the, the muscle strength and the deepening of the voice. So the, these are the things that we so zinc is very important and we use that always in our fertility clinics. Selenium is very important for sperm production. I think called spermatogenesis. Selenium is really important. So B2 and B6 also function in helping the nervous system. So that that's really important. Uh, B2 helps with you know, reducing tiredness, helping with fatigue. So if that hormone control center is good, then it's go the hormone production is going to be better and we want it on fire. And then D vitamin D again, the sunshine hormone mm -hmm. is important for the immune system, hormones and also for bones. So they're the supplements we want men to have. And again, I don't want people going off spending a fortune and buying a whole load of different ones. So clean marine for men does have all of those in, in, in the in right quantities. Absolutely. And that that's key. So, yes. you know, for people that are for young men that just want to make sure they're they're doing everything right for fertility, I would recommend mm. that. But obviously in conjunction with a good, healthy diet and not overdoing the exercise and getting the rate of sleep. I love hearing that from somebody like you, mm -hmm. you know, a specialist in hormones, an endocrinologist um, who in the medical profession is giving us the advice um, that you're giving, you know, where we can actually change and alter things in our own lives, mm -hmm. ourselves, mm -hmm. and also to know what health, health supplement to take, because yeah. you don't always get that from somebody yes. in yeah. the medical profession, Mary. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I suppose I, I feel as doctors, we need to lead from the front. And obviously people are doing this anyway. And I'd like to know that they were doing it right and not over supplementing because that's not healthy either. So I think it's, a, it's important that we lead and we, you know, do the research, find out what's safe and then tell, tell patients and advise. I think that's a good role and it's a role we should have. You're right. Uh, yeah, and yeah. give people the options. Give people the options, but yeah. at least have the research done uh, so that we're giving the right advice I think that's really really important what are the signs and the symptoms then um, for young men for for teenage men into their 20s uh, to tell us that maybe there is an imbalance there what should we be looking for so w what we see in the fertility clinics all the time for example you know and as I said we always start with the man now and not not the woman but there can be problems with the the sperm motility that's that's a huge problem because mm -hmm. for the the sperm to actually fertilize the egg it has to swim up the vaginal canal to to the egg which is around the fallopian tube so it's, an, it's a, quite a journey and they have to be healthy sperm so healthy body healthy sperm so if you're at optimal health 10 out, of 10, 10 out of 10 energy your pituitary gland is functioning really well and then all the hormones are you know very, there's that very positive feedback and circadian rhythm that you want so that's key and I've shown you already the ways to do that but if you're overtired or if you're you're fatigued or if you're over exercising then that's not might be one of the problems yes the other problem is if you got mumps now most of us are vaccinated which is great but people don't realize there has been a few outbreaks of mumps and particularly in schools there a few years ago and that can affect your your sperm count and therefore you can have a low sperm count so mm -hmm. I suppose one of the things I would say is that do take the mumps vaccine and encourage it at a young age because mm -hmm. people don't realise that it causes awful problems down the road if you if you have a low sperm count yes there's loads of things we can do but you're then putting your your um 
wife or partner into the IVF or ICSI category where they have to go for IVF, which is where you have to put the the, the embryo and the, or the egg and the uh, the sperm uh, together. Mm-hmm. But it just it's it's just more stressful for the couple. And ICSI then is where you inject the the sperm into the egg. So I've been through both. Yes, <laughs> so yes. I know. So you know, uh, physically is. and emotionally, it's yes. tough. And so financially, uh, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot of strain on everything. Huge. Really. Mm. So obviously, if you to go that route, you have to go that route. But you'd yes. love to avoid it if you could. So uh, ideally, you know, we have all a duty to educate ourselves about what's right and how we could pre- pre- prevent against that. Yes, so and, and, and do the best for ourselves the best. on the lead up to that Absolutely. time in our lives. Mary, we all know that green vegetables contain a lot of B vitamins. But what foods contain zinc? So the foods that contain zinc are red meat your shellfish and I make sure you're not allergic to shellfish obviously yes. okay and don't take it if you are legumes like chickpeas and the lentils and the beans and also the seeds so the pumpkin and the sesame seeds so I think a lot of young men are getting that on their diet because they're all very health conscious now which is wonderful mm-hmm. but just to make sure that the legumes in particular need to be fresh uh, in order to get the, the right uh, level of zinc so freshness is key okay. for a lot of the so, so not know, tinned chickpeas exactly or... yeah so oh, well, okay. well tinned chickpeas would be okay Okay, but it's more the vegetables I, I'm right. talking about that, you know, if they're overboiled or if they're frozen, mm-hmm. that that's not good because mm-hmm. you're not going to get the best out I, of them. I regularly hear stories from my um, sisters, you know, mm. about my nephews, teenage nephews or my friends that have teenage sons where they empty the entire fridge so you know tonight's roast chicken is gone at lunchtime because they've just come back from training or something but they're on the right path they're on the right path (laughs) exactly and they're eating the good organic food which is what I am totally for and and, and it's best you always do that especially with the chicken very much so very much so because you know I I always worry about hormones getting into food and obviously the more organic the better and and particularly with chicken I really believe that red meat is very supervised in Ireland and I'm very happy about that and so long as it's always produced in Ireland, because we're very tight on, on how we control that. And my big worry would be when we start importing from abroad, uh, I really want to, it to stay as organic uh, as we possibly can, because that's healthy and we want to know what we're eating. So that's very important, really important. That brings me to my next question, because our 20s and 30s are exciting times of new beginnings in careers, mm. relationships, families, lots of those positive, happy hormones, but also a very busy and stressful time Mm. for many. So how would you advise people on this life stage to take care of themselves too? So again, Lorraine, people are more mature between 20 and 30. So what I've said already with diet, exercise, sleep, that has to apply. But also you have a duty, um, you know, when you're thinking of fertility, you've got to have you have a duty basically to think of your partner as well. And I'll just tell you a story about um, a couple that came in to me recently and she was 39 very anxious to have a family and he her husband was 45 and she had to drag him into me because and it wasn't happening mm-hmm. and she was getting really upset because her, her she felt that her hormonal biological clock was moving on. Oh, we're great at taking the blame, aren't exactly. we? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, her her husband was quite taken back when I said, well, you do realise that at four, he thought he had all the time in the world to get pregnant. I could have a baby uh, at 75 yes, if I wanted. Yes, yeah. yes. And he was really <laughs> vexing her and he was putting huge stress on the relationship because of it, because she was dying to have the baby and he was saying, oh, we've loads of time. And what I I said to him, and which is true, that from the age of 45 to 50, 
you get DNA fragmentation of the sperm. So ideally for men, they should be trying to have their babies before 45, uh, but definitely not beyond 50. So that's possible. the menopause then, Mary. Well, you know, <laughs> it's just that it's optimal before Very 50. menopause. Yeah, and I chaired um, a fertility conference last year in Croke Park. I was it the year, was the year before. It couldn't have been last year. It had to be the year before. Yeah, last year didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> but there was there was a lovely guy who uh, from the IVF clinic who's one of the main IVF clinics in Spain. And I actually put that question to him just to educate uh, the people that were there that what was the ideal age? And he said definitely under 45. But, you know, yes, you could do it up to 50. But beyond that, they would prefer to to have the sperm before that. And that was very important because, you know, when people donate sperm, they actually won't take it beyond the age of 50 for those reasons. So it's very important that men realize that, you know, if you want to have your family, have them earlier, be conscious of your partner, Mm -hmm. not to be sort of being mean about it and sort of saying, well, they've loads of time because it's harder, obviously, as you get older. It's much easier to get pregnant when we're all younger. Yes. Um, And leaving it after in between 40 and 45, it's just a little bit harder. Women do get pregnant, but it's just a little bit harder. So ideally, you want to be doing it in your 30s and and maybe late 20s. But our generation, I think it's we're seeing it now. It's it's in the 30s with careers and everything. So I just would say that to to young men when they're listening, just to not to think that, you know, they can wait till till 45 and 50 and beyond and just be a little bit more mindful of that. Yes. That the ideal time is before 45. That's incredible. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really important. And to think so few people know about that. Yeah, and I think it's our chauvinistic society, which thank God is opening up and is now much less so. And we've empowered women and we're continuing to do so mm-hmm. um, to educate them. But that was something that was never stated. And it, certainly at that conference when I brought that out and, and he admitted it. And I can I say he admitted it reluctantly. I had to sort of drag it out of him. My but, goodness. you know, a lot of women came up after us and said, you know, it was great to hear that. And mm-hmm. it was lovely to know that and my husband was quite alarmed at that news you know so yeah. it's important we get that message out there and it makes perfect sense when you think about it mm. because you know um over time and age yeah. then obviously sperm count changes totally. um, as the the kind of the quality of the female's egg absolutely would change also. absolutely yeah. and you know in the fertility clinics when I've met a man, uh, a man and a woman there sitting in front of me I always encourage that they do everything together so for example you could have a, a woman that's going to bed at 10 o'clock but her partner might be going to bed till 12 and he's not getting the ideal sleep so she might be doing her best to get pregnant but if he's going to be overtired of course. Uh, then he's not playing his part and vice versa it could happen the other way around it's just very important that both are on the same page yeah because it's a real women's thing to do of take control of that do you yes, know what I mean I'll, yes. I'll do this yes, I'll take absolutely. on this job absolutely yeah. so it's very important that both uh, mm-hmm. are in it together and that both are doing you know the regime of the the healthy eating and getting the proper sleep and and you know taking whatever supplements they've been told to take yeah. very important that both are on the same page because that avoids any stress because obviously stress affects hormonal hormonal activity yeah. and if you're very stressed particularly as a woman you produce a hormone called prolactin which inhibits ovulation so that's the the last thing you want when you're trying to get pregnant. So wow. one of the things we always say to a couple is, you know, you both have to be in this together. You both have to support each other. And both of you have to be doing the diet, the sleep, the exercise appropriately. And that's to give really yourselves important. the best yeah, chance. The best chance. No point one doing it and the other not. Yeah. And, and you know, obesity and overweight don't help either because they fat cells produce estrogen. So in men, that inhibits motility.
fertility as well. So very important that you're just fit and healthy. Gosh, we're armed and dangerous yes. with this information, Mary. <laughs> I love it. Why didn't I meet you 10 years ago? <laughs> it's fantastic. For uh, women uh, in their 20s and 30s, um, what would you advise them to do, you know, if they're considering maybe, you know, becoming pregnant? Um, like, what would it be the signs, I suppose, that I didn't know until I met you? So it was, I was much later. Uh, the signs to tell them that actually your hormones may be imbalanced and you need to get them. Balanced. Okay, so so basically, you know, if, if you're overtired, that might be one, you know, so if you're really, really tired, that's going to affect your pituitary gland. The second thing is your periods are going irregular, right? So if you've always had a regular 28 days, but now you're going 30, 31 days, that's a sign that your pituitary gland, that they, the two hormones, the FSH and LH are imbalanced. So therefore, you we don't know if you're ovulating. You might, just because you have a period, you don't ov- doesn't necessarily mean you ovulate, okay? That's something that's people really important forget. to know. Yeah. Yeah. So if the first thing you need to do is check, are you ovulating? Very easy to do that by by getting a blood test. And you basically do a day three, a day three of the cycle and a day 21. So the day 21 will, sh- will show if the progesterone has risen, because if you have ovulated, your progesterone hormone has ha- is, is high. Okay? okay, so that's how you know. So very important to know, are you ovulating? Because a lot if you're overtired, if you're over exercising, then just because you're getting a period, you're, you may not be ovulating. OK, so that that's one thing. Other thing with exercise, I said about stress with prolactin, mm-hmm. but over exercising also increases prolactin. So that will inhibit ovulation as well. So we would get women, for example, that would be over exercising that might miss periods. Mm-hmm. And that would be another reason as well. So so the, the question you asked me is what things look out for. So the length of the period, is it is it irregular? Um, are you know, have you got other evidence of hormone imbalance like acne? Because uh, that can be an indication. Yes. Uh, hair, nails, hair, nails, Yuck. absolutely tender breasts. That would be all um, I- indications. Premenstrual syndrome. I haven't I was spoken going to about. Say, yes. yes. So it's not just feeling low before your period. It's <clears throat> it's feeling low. At other times. At other times. So around the mid-cycle, if you've got a very tired uh, pituitary gland or hormone control centre, then you're, it's going to be too tired to do that peak of LH because in order to ovulate, we get the hormone LH has to go right up in order to release the, the egg from the ovary. So if you're overtired, that's not going to happen. You still get the period, but you haven't ovulated. So these are all things just to, to watch yes. out for. And on an ongoing basis, that's not good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So there, And the other thing that I really think is important is that it can take up a two year to get pregnant remember right a lot of couples expect it to happen straight away I always tell people you know when when you say it happens straight away they forget to tell you they've been trying for a whole year or if it did happen uh, happen you know people don't want to 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 say that but that's actually the truth it can take up to a year so give yourself that year make sure that you've all what we've said in in, you know all your ducks in a row exactly Mm -hmm. but make sure that you give yourself the year and if after the year things aren't working out then you go for help don't leave it too late don't be coming in you know in your mid 40s you know yes we do get women pregnant in their mid 40s but ideally I want you to start trying in your early 30s and and to be spacing the children out and not having the one on top of another either which is too hard on the woman and and, and the couple in fact so that that is very very important and I suppose the other thing um, what people forget the basics like if you have a regular cycle the ideal 
time to try and have intercourse is uh, at day 14. But I have patients coming in and they forget that it's mid-cycle you have to try, you know. So very important you do that. And, so and have your dates, your have calendar. Have your dates, your yeah. calendar. They have great apps nowadays as well. My daughters both have um, an app called Flow. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We obviously didn't yeah. have. <laughs> and I, I'll always remember I had a couple that came in to me and um, it was a, a, he was a farmer and she was a teacher and they were a fabulous couple. But he was they were trying to have a baby in, you know, February, March, April, when his busiest time with cows calving. And <laughs> he was just exhausted, you know, so you have to plan these things because he wasn't going to be able to perform on day 14 <laughs> when he was wrecked. So, you know, you have to be practical oh, no. so that they're they're very important things to consider uh, yes. so that you're not creating a stress for either partner uh, that's really important that's fantastic yeah. mm. I love that a visit to an endocrinologist is very important also yes so if, if you're having problems and you haven't conceived after the year then absolutely you need to first of all check the man's because that's the easiest thing to do take a sperm sample so we take it three we ask them to abstain from intercourse for three days mm-hmm. and then we take a semen sample and that we check for motility and morphology. So we're just checking motility and just check the, the sperm that it, that it looks OK. So if that's normal, then we proceed to the woman. And obviously we'll take a history, a pu- you know, of the periods, the length, etc. And we'll check the hormones. So we'll do things like FSH, LH, check the progesterone, see are they ovulating, check the prolactin to make sure they haven't too much prolactin and inhibiting ovulation. And very important to check the thyroid. Thyroid is critical, Lorraine, mm-hmm. because I remember telling you before about the, the couple yeah. that had tried loads of IVF and then came to me and said Dr Ryan you're our last resort and of course that pressure was huge but they were a lovely couple oh. and we checked her thyroid and her thyroid was off and once we gave her the altroxin four years later they came in and said Dr Ryan we've had three children one after the other what are we going to do and you know what I Turn said off don't that thyroid. <laughs> I said it's your turn now, mister. And he was a lovely man. I said, you're going for a vasectomy now because uh, she's done enough. So he duly obliged and he did. But, lovely. you know, yeah. So yeah. so it's just very important. Thyroid is critical. It really controls so much of our metabolism. It's it's absolutely critical to fertility. So obviously we would check that in the man as well, but we equally check it in the woman. So very, very important. So, you know, just and obviously then you would polycystic over disease is another thing I'd like to talk about because mm-hmm. it's very, very common. And yesterday, I saw a lovely girl who had started her, her puberty at 12 but then her, her periods became very very irregular and in actual fact what had happened was she had cysts on her ovaries and these little cysts meant that the, the hormone imbalance was there from puberty there was overstimulation of the ovaries overstimulation of the lining of the womb and the little cysts were producing too much oestrogen which was converting into testosterone which was causing acne and hair growth which was undesirable obviously mm-hmm. and the other thing the cysts were producing was too much insulin and that was actually making fat so she was putting on weight but God the lovely love thing her. is these things are so easy to sort and there's a treatment out there for it. So, you know, there's no reason for people to be, be waiting until. So that's what the one thing I want to get across, Lorraine, to go in time. Don't be waiting till your 30s when you want to have your family. Get things sorted out early. Early intervention is always best. Yes. yes. That, that's the key. Yeah. Prevent. Yeah. Prevent. Than, yeah. yeah you to want to be damage. seeing these young girls at 15, not not at 35, because mm-hmm. there's two, you know, it, you, you've just it's 15 years uh, yeah. too too far on the journey it's harder then it's much yeah. easier to sort things out at a young age and that that's what I would suggest and it's so reassuring then that you can reassure these women and say the first thing I always say is 
you know, your fertility is going to be fine because every young girl, she dreams of having a baby. Yeah. The majority do. Mm-hmm. And they want to be reassured that if they choose to go down that path, that everything is going to be OK and mm-hmm. they deserve that. Yeah. yeah. Mary, you spoke there about getting a blood test on day three and day 21 to make sure that you're ovulating. Um, do you have to go to your GP for that? I mean, I've seen those tests that you can buy over the counter in pharmacies. Are they any good? Yeah, absolutely. Those tests are brilliant, are very good because they indicate uh, when you're ovulating. The only thing when they're not reliable is if you're on clomid, which stimulates egg production. We often do that in fertility clinics. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not reliable then. OK, so if you're not on that, then they are very good and they give a good indication as to when, you're, uh, when you are ovulating. But uh, I would certainly you could do that. But then if things don't happen, don't leave it too late. Go to your GP get you know they will then do the the semen motility and check the semen sample which can be done in all almost all labs okay mm-hmm. and then the other thing is uh, to get the the blood work done for so th- for ovulation for ovulation yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. and they would do that and they would check your thyroid as well at the same time so all of the prolactin the the fsh the lh and the thyroid and they would be critical uh, hormones that we would ask to be checked Okay, so if you're planning a family trying to conceive, your GP can do any of those semen yes. test, ovulation test, any and, the, of that. and all of the hormone tests. Yes, absolutely. And then, obviously, if if things don't happen or if they're concerned, they will send them on to me, and then we'll take it from there. And thank God we've great success. In fact, you know, it's it's lovely to get the call from women who've been trying for a while, and then they say that you know we're pregnant, and thank you so much. And Aww. then you you get a picture of the baby on oh. the post. It's just wonderful. Yeah. It really is nice. So the it's lovely. The job. Yes, it is <laughs> lovely, and it's just lovely to get the feedback, and it's lovely to see people because it's a big you know people forget that when a couple want to have a, a, a baby it really becomes a huge issue when it doesn't happen mm-hmm. and then I always reassure them because they could be trying you know so they, by the time they come to me they're maybe trying for a full year and they get they're getting pretty desperate mm-hmm. and then they get so annoyed they see their you know their sisters having babies their brothers and it's putting pressure on then as well that they're not able to conceive and I always reassure them that once they have their baby they forget about all the trial and the torture it's so true yeah you know, even forget about giving birth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why my mother says she had seven. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah, but you know that that's the thing. But I, I can't emphasize enough: don't leave it too late. You know, a lot of people just don't don't go in time. That's the key. Try yeah. for the year, but then if it's not working, go go for help. There's loads of help out there, but just go and get it. That's the key. Mary, you're fantastic. We've run out of time, unfortunately. I could listen to you forever. You're a phenomenal human being. Thank you so much you're for so caring welcome, so and welcome. for sharing your knowledge with us today. And always, uh, we all need to live our best life after all. And if you fancy a daily dose of Mary, you can catch her on her Instagram at Dr. Mary Ryan as well. Mary, thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. <laughs>